0: Here at the Sociology of Everything podcast, we acknowledge the people of Ghana Yarta, whose land this episode was mainly produced on, and whose past and present elders we pay our respects to. Hello, everyone. My name is Eric Sue,
1: And my name is Louis Everest.
0: And we're Lou and the Sioux, and this is a podcast about sociology. Brought to you by UniSA, the university that sometimes is confused with the University of South Africa. <laughs> that actually happens all the time. It does, it does. Yeah. Um, Although I'm pretty sure they actually, they pronounce it Unisa. Uh, uh, can you do a South African accent?
1: What I cannot, no, and I will deeply offend people if I try, but no.
0: In this podcast, we're going to look at Zygmunt Bauman's thinking sociologically. This text is fantastic. It is an introductory text about sociology, not just in terms of what it's about, but how it works, how sociologists produce the findings and works that they do. And I think that's oftentimes an issue that a lot of newcomers to sociology have. They don't know actually how to properly define what it is they're studying. Mm. Uh, and I should also mention that this is, a, this is an issue that actually even established scholars of sociologists have. It's, mm. it's, it's, it's not like the other disciplines. It's not like medicine or it's not like mm. physics or mm. it's not like, you know, chemistry where you have a clear understanding of, mm. of what it is the discipline is about. Mm. In sociology, it's a little bit more murky. So this text, I think, is really good because it helps to set some parameters. It helps us to orient ourselves Mm-hmm. About how sociologists approach the work they're doing, Feldman begins this piece by producing a really fascinating discussion about how sociology relates to common sense. I'm curious, Louis. Do you like his discussion here? What 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 is he trying to say? Yeah,
1: I think it's a really good discussion, actually, and. As as someone who's been at sociology for a little bit now, not as long as, as many people, but a little bit, uh, I can feel the frustration that Bauman has at the start of this reading in some ways in trying to define what it is that he does as opposed to what it is that the, the ordinary person does on a daily basis <laughs> yeah. when they're kind of making their own judgments about the world around them, because... When you are a sociologist, you do enter conversations with people and they think they're also an expert on the social world Mm -hmm. when really all they're drawing on is their own individual experiences. (laughs) They're they're not drawing on data. They haven't read uh, peer-reviewed articles. They don't know really what they're talking about. It's just, you know, this happened to me Mm -hmm. and therefore I know this about the world. And as, as Bauman goes through... You know, that's something we all do and we all kind of have to do to just live in the world. But the reality is it's not a good way to actually understand what's going on around you. You've got a sample size of one. It's your own personal experiences. You can't really explain much that way. And that's sort of key. And I think what really makes sociology particularly prone to this is that unlike physics or chemistry or these other disciplines... The subject matter of sociology is really shared by everyone. I mean, yeah. sociologists, they look at they look at the things we all know about. They look at families and schools and, mm-hmm. and you know, laws and the things that we're all aware of. Whereas a chemist can, you know, you don't walk up to a chemist at a party and say, you know what, I actually think when you mix yeah. this chemical yeah. and that chemical, you know, you've yeah. got it all wrong. But uh, it just doesn't happen. Be-
0: being a sociologist is yeah. both a blessing and a curse. Because if yeah, people go is. to like a dinner party... yeah. And you know, invariably you meet someone new, and they ask you what it is you do, and you say yeah. you're a sociologist. Yeah, yeah. You get weird you responses because yeah. if I, yeah, if you're right, if I said like, oh, yeah. I, I'm a physicist. Yeah. Sometimes the conversation yeah. just ends there. Yeah, right? yeah. And it's because yeah. they don't know how to engage it. you. Yeah. Like you just like, yeah. because they want you yeah. to give meaning yeah. to the work you do. Yeah. Whereas, that's yeah. not the case with sociologists. Yeah. There's a pause. First yeah. of all, they're like, sometimes people yeah. will say, what the heck is that? Yeah. But then once you tell them, yeah. I think people start to get into it. Because they're like, mm-hmm. well, I'm just like you. I'm yeah. part of this, the, the very thing that you study. Yeah.
1: But you know what else sort of doesn't happen? When you'll say, uh, you know, I'm a physicist and you say, you know, I do work around, and I'm not a physicist, so I don't really know, but let's say, you know, the bonds between this and that or something, they don't then say, no, you're wrong about that, (laughs) those things actually bond this way. Whereas when you're a sociologist, say, you know, I do research about family structures and why it's important that you know, we don't have stagnant views on, on yeah. the, how families should look in this society, yeah. someone might say, no, it's important to have those views. That's do, a traditional family yeah. and it should stay <laughs> that way.
0: Yeah. Do, do um, you know what's
1: great? So, yeah. I,
0: next time someone asks you what what is you study yeah. from the dinner table, I'm sure if you yeah. say, I study race.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, or or this, politics. This has happened you know? to me many times.
0: Uh, you know. But,
1: yeah. <laughs> but let me ask you this, Eric. So to come back to what Bauman uh, is talking about when he... You distinguishes sociology from common sense. You know, what are some of the key things then? When someone does say to you at a dinner party, you know, I have as good an understanding about... Families, or yeah. or for you, it might be the sociology, you know, sleep patterns and how yeah. sleep's important to social groups. Yeah. You say, well, actually, I have a, a bit of a deeper understanding of this yeah. than you, and that's yeah. because
0: oh, I, I pull out this trusty little text from Bellman. It's always, always, <laughs> yeah. it's always in my back pocket, uh, and I say, well, actually. Bauman argues that sociology isn't just another form of common sense which it seems like you have, mm. right? Mm. Or you claim to have. Yeah. There are four distinct ways in which sociology is distinct from common sense mm. and and if if you if we run through them and which is as much as something I oftentimes do when I'm conversations at dinner parties, mm. uh, <laughs> then you'll agree that you know what I do is different from what you do. Mm. So the first distinction that Bauman draws between sociology and common sense, is that sociologists, at least in the professional sense, they tend to follow the rules of responsible speech. Mm. What I like about this is there's a lot of different layers to this. On the one hand, it, it just means that um, sociologists need to adhere to like the scientific method. Mm. It needs to be able to make claims that are supported by evidence. Mm. But I think more than that, it also need you, you, as a scientist, you need to be able to reveal one's workshop. So mm. sometimes it's useful not just to look at what to do as a sociologist; it's mm. it's what not to do. So whenever I ever think about this text and this first point that mm. um, of Bauman's, I, I think of Donald Trump. Uh, the, for- <laughs> the former US president uh, because his tweets are incredible although I don't I think his tweets are no longer are online but who knows by the time you listen to this they might be but he'll say things like um, everyone says I do a great job this is what people say a lot of people a lot of people say Donald um, you, you, you you're, you're so great uh, but the thing about those comments that he makes is he doesn't there's no evidence behind that necessarily. It's not like, Accor- according to this study mm-hmm. done by Pew, great people. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and I did a literature review. Um, I looked at about maybe 15 sources between 2016 and 2020. <laughs> he doesn't do any of that.
1: No, no that's not. Right. Yeah.
0: So that's what no. I think. First of all, that's, no. that's oftentimes what you can say to someone at the dinner party. Yeah. You're like, well, where are your sources?
1: Exactly. What I'm saying to you is based (laughs) on evidence. And in fact, as you learn to be a good sociologist, one of the key skills you will learn is to be able to differentiate good sources, good evidence from bad evidence you'll be able to look at a journal article and question who the author is. Do they have any uh, perceived bias, you know, because of what they're writing? Is it published in a good journal article? It's a a qualitative study. It's a quantitative study. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And then as you get better and better at sociology, you can then look at their methodology, which is another key part of what you're describing here. You know, how many, uh, if it's, let's say, it's a series of interviews, how many interviews were conducted? You
0: know. And that actually leads us to talk about the second distinction that mm. Bauman draws. So, Bauman talks about how it's also important to widen one's view mm. of a particular topic. And mm. that, on the one hand, you could say this relates to the data set that you draw from. Mm. So, like, the second point, he begins by talking about how, how people oftentimes, they, they draw conclusions about the world and how the world works. Mm. By their own experience. Mm. If you want to understand how a certain group is treated, you just you you liken your own experience to what other people might experience mm-hmm. and that's it. But mm. he says it's actually more than that. I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Like why why is it mm. why is it sociology just like looking at more people's experience? Mm.
1: Well, I think there are there are two aspects to this. One is kind of like you said then there is just a, a quantitative thing to this, you know you know, the quantity of your data, the information you're, you know, bringing into your decision-making, the more information, the better. But also there's a qualitative difference here as well. There's There's a difference to the quality of looking not just at a single person's perspective, but looking at a broader sample of individuals. Because for sociologists, we're not just interested in the individual, we're interested in the relationships between individuals. And you can never really see those relationships unless you widen your field of focus to more than a single person. Mm. And that's the sort of key point that Bauman's making. If you want to understand why a certain person acts in a certain way at any point in time, you can't just look at that person. You need to look at the everyone around them and what's influencing them.
0: Yeah, I, well, yeah. I think that makes sense, doesn't yeah. it? I mean... I mean, this all I think also connects yeah. to the, the the third distinction mm. that that Bauman draws mm. um, about how sociology it it tries to understand how there are forces in our lives that are bigger than just individuals. Yeah, yeah. There's a really interesting line when it comes to this distinction that I mm. think is really interesting. He says that we we tend to perceive. Everything that happens in the world at large as an outcome of somebody's intentional action yeah and that kind of makes sense yeah right like when when yeah. people think about racism yeah. they think of a particular racist
1: yeah they, they individualize a lot of things and I suppose in some ways this this relates strongly to other kind of introductory sociological readings like Mills's uh, sociological imagination when he he speaks about a very similar thing about not individualising social problems and social perspectives, looking yeah. at from a broader perspective. Um, and I think one key thing that Bauman refers to at multiple points here is uh, the fact that interactions between human beings create, and he uses some great terms like manifold webs of human interdependency. And what he means by these terms is that We are encouraged to act and do certain things based on our position in relation to other people. So, I mean, at a university, when you're sitting in a tutorial and your lecturer or your tutor's talking to you, you don't suddenly stand up while they're talking and start screaming kind of gibberish at the class. I do sometimes. Well, maybe you do. do. (laughs) Maybe you don't start taking your clothes off and running around the room because... The context, the context of the other people in the room, of everyone who are students listening intently and the lecturer acting like a teacher down the front, all of these relationships create a sort of a system of interdependency where everyone knows their role and they play their role. And you wouldn't understand that if all you could see was a single individual.
0: You could only see well, a single individual. Also, you might be There's like, not one person impelling someone to do something else. No. Yeah, it's actually, to be honest, why I don't really like Star Wars. I know this is, like, <laughs> this is this is like controversial. In the Star Wars universe, they seem to boil everything down, and mm-hmm. this is a spoiler alert, to like Emperor mm-hmm. Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Right, he is like the embodiment of evil, and then you kill him, and it's like hooray, the Ewoks get like a party.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so are you saying that? The, you know, the people who have worked... I mean, I, I'll be honest. I haven't actually seen most of the Star Wars movies. No, oh, no, no, right. no. I know, I know. I've seen a, like, a pitiful amount of uh, cinema. But um, are you saying that people within the evil empire, whatever it yeah. is would be so set in their ways and the structures that they're yeah, within exactly. would exactly. be so yeah. strong that they're not all yeah. of a day... You know, the moment their one leader's gone, they're not yeah. going to wake up and be like, well, I'm not going to work today. And, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not Ad- going to continue doing what I'm Ad- doing. And, and, you know, what we're actually Do even doing on? now,
0: we're talking about, like, this movie franchise that everyone has some thoughts about, as m- most people have seen, mm. but we're probably, hopefully, taking a slightly unusual take on it. And that's the fourth... Thing that sociologists tend to do, mm. uh, which is distinct from common sense. They try to upset sometimes common sense. They try to make the familiar strange and the strange familiar. Mm. And I really like this aspect of sociology because oftentimes when people ask you what it is you study, like I'm as interested in the sociology of sleep it's such a mundane thing. Mm. It's like an everyday thing and you don't think about it. Mm. But sociologists look at it and they'll like poke at it and be like, actually, there's something very strange about this really familiar act. But like, mm. it's, it's, it's the, the opposite's true as well. Mm. Like, something that looks really strange at first glance is actually made sense of by a sociologist. Do you have any idea? Can you give any examples of that, Louis?
1: Yeah, I, I think... Um One of the obvious examples of this for me, because I think what what Bauman's really getting at here is the fact that common sense is how we all live our lives because that's just, we get up in the morning and we do what we did yesterday and we interact with people on a very regular basis and we never really acknowledge why we do these things. It's just the way we do them. And it feels natural. It feels like that's not just the way it is, but that's the way it should be. I should interact with people in this way, you know. I sh- should go to university and de- get a degree. I should eat these types of foods yeah. and I shouldn't eat those types of foods. There's yeah. a there's a real sense of naturalness to it all. And what Bauman's saying here is that, no, these things aren't natural. They're socially constructed over time. There's patterns of behaviour that we all do and structures that are, exist. And I think, for me, the kind of best example of this is, is when I mean, when you have the opportunity to travel or when someone who hasn't always lived in Australia, comes to Australia and they see things that seem weird to them. They're like, why are you eating that? Or why are you doing that? Or, you know, why are you staring at that person that way or doing all these things? Yeah. I mean, Eric, I think you'd be a good person yeah. to ask about this.
0: Well, I, you know, if you can't, if you haven't mm. been able to tell already, but I'm not originally from Australia. I, I'm from the US and I moved here in 2007 but there's strange things that happen every day that strike <laughs> me as being odd but they're not odd here yeah. and and it's amazing they're just, they're, they just could be very small things uh i think i learned just last year from you louis that you're not supposed to just like bite into a hot crust button you're supposed to put something in it right <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> well, well, I, I don't understand I, I, i've gotten multiple reactions from people like yeah. looks of disgust yeah but is not weird. That's what I'm doing. I'm yeah. trying to change the world, though. Right? No, a hot cross
1: bun needs to be sliced, grilled on both sides, right. finishing with the side you plan to butter, and then nice, thin, thin bit of butter. But actually, Eric, I think the weirder thing you do is you eat toast with Vegemite and no butter.
0: I'm a purist.
1: You go Vegemite I'm straight onto toast. I'm a purist. That must be so dry. <laughs> <laughs> don't, I just don't understand. No, not
0: if you put enough
1: Vegemite. Oh, no. It's, a, it's a thin smear of Vegemite no, 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 on no, top no, of no. a decent layer of butter. Think peanut butter. Yeah, no. See, I put butter under peanut butter, but that could just be me. So... Yeah, but but, but food habits are a good example because, you know, we, we think about certain foods as being just natural and the foods that you should eat. But in different places all around the world, what's considered a palatable food that's correct for consumption and what's not correct for consumption is completely different. And it's influenced by religious practices, by cultural practices... Yeah. By by these social things, the things that are constructed by human beings, not on their own, but through interactions with one another.
0: This leads us to now a segment that we like to call "Say What," <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's where we look at a quote in the text that needs further exploration. I've found one for this uh, for this particular text, and it goes as follows: It's Bauman says, "Sociological thinking is." one may say, a power in its own right, an anti-fixating power. It renders flexible again the world hitherto oppressive in its apparent fixity. It shows it as a world which could be different from what it is now. So the examples that you gave uh, around like food habits and food practices, I think that's something we can get our heads around. But then we can even make it more consequential. You know, mm. people in talking about capitalism, mm. which is a key sociological theme mm. um, that that uh, a lot of researchers have explored. Can we think of a world beyond capitalism? Can we think of a world where our work isn't tied to our ability to survive and live? Mm. Can we think of a world where we are challenged to do the things we're good at? not Mm. at what we need to do to survive. Mm. These are grand challenges. Mm. And so um, I want us to keep that in mind, uh, especially Mm. with this text. I think this is a challenge. He's not just saying this is what sociologists do, but what sociologists should aspire to do. Mm. Yeah, so I think on that note, um, we might bring it to a close. Thanks very much for your attention. We look forward to catching you in the next episode. Thank you. Loon the Sioux is a sociology podcast hosted by Eric Sue and Louis Everest. It's produced and edited by Eric Sue, with special assistance from UniSA Online and UniSA Justice and Society. To learn more about studying sociology and other programs online or in person at the University of South Australia, visit unisa.edu.au where you can search for more details. Loon the Sioux is primarily recorded on the lands of the Ghana people hosts of the podcast would like to pay their respects to elders past, present, and emerging. If you'd like to get in touch or learn more about the podcast, visit our website at sociologypodcast.com. Thanks for listening.